0: We good? We're good. Good. This is it. I'm never going to make a mistake again. Got it nailed down. You know what you're doing now? (laughs) Instead
1: of just randomly punching buttons, (laughs) now you've paid attention the last couple times. You're like, oh, when that one's green, (laughs) you're like in a Skinner box, aren't you? (laughs)
0: Hi, everyone, and welcome to What Would My Shrink Say? a podcast where you get inside the heads of a couple psychologists and see life through their eyes. You'll never be the same. All right, Todd. Yes, sir. I want to run a... I've got a little pet theory I want to run by you. See what you think.
1: Okay. It's
0: what I call the theory of fake guilt. Fake guilt. Fake guilt and emotional substitution. <laughs> it's the term I've given this.
1: Yeah, it seems like one of those like classic novels, right? Like where, the, where the title is like kind of like this. It's like a little elusive. You're like, mm, "What's that mm. about? Fake guilt and the
0: emotional substitution."
1: Emotional substitution. Okay.
0: Now, I'm well aware that ma- these are it's very likely that these are concepts I absorbed <laughs> somewhere else and have just totally Basically stolen and given my own labels, but I, I don't recall. So if I'm subconsciously committing intellectual theft, <laughs> <Okay>. sorry.
1: <laughs> so we'll say this is a, a theory, a personal theory that may have may already exist. It's possible. Okay, I'm ready. What is it?
0: it the the phenomena is fake guilt, fake and guilt. I'm proposing that the underlying mechanism is emotional substitution. So we'll, I'm going to walk you through what okay. I think those are. So it starts with, a, um, I have a, a client um, who her situation is she describes feeling guilty all the time. That's what she came in saying, like, I just feel guilty all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and she said specifically that the the big situation where she feels guilty a lot is in the context of her romantic relationship with her boyfriend. Um, and she she has... He's, He's a great guy, but she doesn't think it's the right fit, and so she wants to break up with him, Mm -hmm. but every time Go ahead. What? I'm I'm just listening intently. Sorry. Okay. (laughs) 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 You were making funny faces at me.
1: (laughs) Well, it was an intently listening funny face.
0: (laughs) Every time she thinks about breaking up with this guy, she starts feeling overwhelmingly guilty, and then Retreats, okay. And I asked her, "Oh, interesting. You know, so how long has this been going on? Three and a half years. She's known she wants to break up with him and hasn't for three and a half years. Three and a half years. They've been together for four and a half or five.
1: So let me make sure I got this straight. Yeah. Every time she approaches, even thinking about breaking up with this guy, mm-hmm. she feels guilty for wanting to break up with him. I shouldn't want to break up with him. And mm-hmm. good and question." Is, it, is that what she feels guilty about?
0: So that's part of it. Okay. Um, but she also just, it's just more general than that. She she thinks, and I asked her to elaborate on this, like what mm-hmm. actually happens when you consider breaking up with him. Um, and the, the first thing is just, like, oh, I don't know, I just, I just feel guilty. So it's this kind of conditioned response. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. Then she will say things like, just thinking about that makes me feel guilty. But more specifically, I imagine breaking up with him. And then she describes envisioning what's gonna happen. She's imagining he's just gonna be so hurt because he loves me and he, you know, just really, he thinks we're gonna get married and so I, he'll just be crushed and devastated. Right. And I just, I can't do that to him, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know? And then I asked her more like, well, well, how do you think he's gonna feel? How would you imagine that he's gonna feel? And she said, again, like, he's just gonna be crushed. He's just gonna be so upset and sad and mm-hmm. heartbroken. And I just, I, I can't do that to him. So just, she anticipates
1: so, that he's going to feel awful about this. Mm-hmm. And that causes her to feel guilty. What she describes as guilt.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so that's the first interesting thing. It's like is anticipatory that, guilt. Yeah, anticipatory, something. right? She's imagining doing something. She hasn't done anything. No, yet. she hasn't done anything yet. It's just thought of Mm-mm. it. Mm-mm. But so it's interesting that you can feel what she, the emotion she describes is guilt. It's, she says it feels like guilt. Mm-hmm. But she hasn't actually done anything wrong. Mm-hmm, she's mm-hmm. imagined doing something that she thinks is wrong. Okay. So there, she's at least two steps away from actually having done something wrong, right? So that's the first thing we kind of work. We kind of talked a little bit about is like if you imagine doing something wrong in your head, does that make you guilty? That's interesting. But then we also started talking about, um, you know, how you know he's going to feel bad, right? theoretically, if she breaks up with him. Does that mean you've done something wrong?
1: Mm. Do you have to do something wrong in order to hurt or to feel guilty?
0: Well, presumably that's the emotion that goes along with having done something wrong, Mm -hmm. right? What is guilt if not the emotion you feel when you do something wrong? Mm
1: -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, I think I know where where you're going I think I know where you're going here because I think we've kind of had a parallel conversation somewhere else but um,
0: you have a different idea of but, guilt how would you define guilt
1: no I wouldn't I, I would define guilt as, as generally an emotion you feel um, upon the discovery that you've done something wrong yeah I did I did something wrong mm-hmm. um, that I wish I hadn't and now I feel guilty that makes sense to me but I'm wondering I, how mm, ballpark her age this oh, guy's age
0: um Early 30s. Okay, so we can we can assume then that she knows what guilt feels like.
1: Mm-hmm. She knows the sensation of it. She knows it's different than anger, whatever, right? I mean, so we know that she's, whatever her experience is, that she's describing it as similar to guilt, mm-hmm. right?
0: Yeah.
1: And it seems anticipatory, which is odd, because guilt usually comes after we've done something wrong. So that's why we kind of called it anticipatory, mm-hmm. or that's why I called it anticipatory earlier. But she knows she's going to hurt this guy or she feels like she's going to hurt yeah, this guy. she thinks she she's going to hurt him. So then she's really going to feel, what she's what she's attributing to guilt is I'm going to make someone feel bad. I'm going to do something that is going to make mm. someone feel bad yeah. and hurt. Mm-hmm. And there's probably where she's describing it as this must be guilt Yeah, because I did something that has hurt someone else.
0: Yeah, or more specifically, I did something and someone ended up feeling hurt which true. becomes an interesting true. distinction. Okay, keep going. So anyway, yeah. I call this fake guilt, which okay. I, I, admittedly, at first glance, that sounds kind of judgmental. Like this person's feeling guilty and who are you to just say what they're feeling is not actually genuine? Okay. This, they shouldn't be feeling guilt, right? That sounds awful judgy, for, especially for a therapist. Right? <laughs> right. <laughs> and it's true. I, I don't necessarily think the emotion she's feeling is not guilt. What, what I mean by fake guilt is it's probably not the most Appropriate or helpful emotion to be feeling at that time. Okay, and what that sort of implies is there could be other emotional responses to this difficult situation that might be more both appropriate to what's actually going on and yeah. ultimately maybe more helpful. Mm-hmm. So w- one of the things I I do is kind of have her slow down a little bit and describe. O- over the course of some sessions, we we kind of did this and. I asked her to really get more into how she imagines feeling when theoretically she breaks up with him, right? And sure. so she describes how sad and crushed and heartbroken he's gonna be, right? And then I, but then I really get her to describe more how she's gonna feel. Okay. And she starts with guilty, like, oh, I'm gonna feel so good. And I said, well, well what else might you feel too? Like, I mean, maybe, sure, let's say you're gonna feel guilty, but oftentimes we experience more than one emotion sure, sure. at the same time or for a, for a given um, situation. And she goes, on. after some time, she goes on to describe how like, and and she tears up, which she rarely cries, um, but she tears up and says, um, I just feel so sad. Right. And then we get, I get her to elaborate more. And she, she describes how she would see him and just want, see him heartbroken and just want to help him and make him feel better. And she arrives at, helpless i just i hate feeling helpless like i can't help someone when they are in pain Mm -hmm. ah this is interesting so along with this guilt that you're feeling it seems like there's also some pretty intense other emotions going on there namely sadness and this kind of helplessness Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. right seeing someone else in pain and not being able to do anything about it right Mm -hmm. um so i think that's really interesting now it turns out when you know something about, um, her history. She, she grew up in a really, um, her parents both struggled with alcohol abuse and she grew up in a very chaotic, unpredictable, kind of dangerous at times environment. And so, um, she really learned from a young age that, um, she had to really try and control and sort of manage her environment because when things got unpredictable, it was really dangerous, mm. frankly, mm-hmm. to her a lot mm-hmm. of time. So we, we talked through how she has a really hard time with helplessness. Mm. With the, when she feels helpless, that is really, really hard. It's really punishing for Super her. painful yeah. for her. Yeah. Um, and she just, hate as, as was evidenced by our discussions, it took her a long time to get to the point of identifying that she was also feeling sad and helpless, mm-hmm. not just guilty. When she imagined this potential outcome, so my my kind of working hypothesis was that feeling guilty, her her thinking to herself, "I've done something wrong. I'm if I break up with him, I'm going to do something wrong and cause him pain. Therefore, you know, and that's gonna I feel guilty because Mm -hmm. I'm doing Mm -hmm. something wrong. Mm -hmm. That emotion is functional in the sense that it allows her to stay further removed from sadness and especially helplessness. And as bad as guilt feels, and that's what she's in therapy mm-hmm. for. She didn't come in for therapy for sadness or helplessness. Mm-hmm. She doesn't like feeling guilty. But it's, it seems probable for her that it's better to feel guilty than to feel helpless or sad. Mm-hmm. She, as is obvious from her life, she spent three plus years feeling mm-hmm. guilty and unhappy in this relationship, because it's better than what she imagines will be the case if she were to break up with this guy.
1: Well, and, and this makes sense to me. I don't, I don't, I don't know this client, so I, I'm going to guess here. But um, my guess would be it's better to feel guilty than helpless. Because if you're guilty, if you feel guilty, there's something to do, which is not do. break up with them. Yes, right. If if it's just sad and helplessness, there's nothing to do. Whereas if I go for guilt then I can do this behavioral thing of not breaking up with him. Right. And I've affected, you know, his his life for the better that way.
0: Yes. So yeah. it gives you, a, it basically it gives her a feeling of, it, it allows her to avoid help, the pain of helplessness right. and it gives her the, the positive of control, agency. An option. Yeah, yeah, an option, right? Something she can actually do. Rather
1: than no options. Wow, right. that's an interesting choice.
0: So what what, the way I sort of think about this is she is not consciously, but um, sort of out of habit, she's substituting guilt for helplessness and sadness, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Because to her, that feels less painful than she's imagining the helplessness and the sadness to feel. Oh, yeah. And that's probably a holdover from her early experiences where being helpless and, and sad and alone were greatly associated with actual danger and mm-hmm traumatic things mm. happening scary yeah. yeah so she learned early on like you do whatever you can to stay in control yeah right yeah. which which was a good strategy probably when she was eight years old and relatively helpless in this chaotic yeah situation yeah, right find ways to stay yeah to have an option right so that habit worked well for her yeah but her situation now is actually completely different right right but that habit hasn't updated as an adult yeah yeah right Mm-hmm. Um so that's what I mean by this idea of emotional substitution. She's she's substituting, she's prioritized. she's creating this through the way she's interpreting and imagining this scenario, she's framing things up as I would be doing something wrong if I were to break up with him, which leads to this overwhelming feeling of guilt, which doesn't feel good, but it crowds out and and helps her avoid feeling. Sad and helpless right. at the idea of you know him being sad,
1: but it almost seems like she's prioritor- prioritizing. I don't want to feel helpless over I did something wrong. Like I'm sure that matters to her, but it it, it almost seems like what she's really doing is saying I'm not going into that helpless situation.
0: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And th- but that's what the the guilt is doing for her. Right. Right. Keeps right. her out of there. So it's it's fake, and it's not that it's not genuine. But it's fake in the sense that it's it's not the really underlying thing here.
1: One well, and, and artificial because you've done nothing wrong in a way. I mean, it's a right. the sensation feels right. the same, but right.
0: it, it, it almost doesn't fit the situation. Exactly, because she and, and she can acknowledge intellectually. Yeah, I'm just imagining doing something wrong. Right. But even then, even if I were to go through and do it, right? Is that really? Is it wrong? And we had an interesting discussion about just because you do something. And someone ends up feeling badly. Does that mean you're responsible for them feeling badly, or mm-hmm. that you even that you caused them to feel badly? Yeah, which is an interesting. I don't know if we have, can kind of get into that, but well, actually, that that would be.
1: I think my point entirely. I see this in a lot of clients in just this situation where, um, over, <laughs> I, I think it's over childhood. Sometimes, you know, if 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 if, if someone has a sibling. And they end up crying over a fight over a toy, a lot of times the parents are like, See what you did? You made mm-hmm. your brother cry. Right. You know? And then and the lesson is, I am responsible for my brother crying. I made him cry. Right. And therefore, later in life, when we're doing things that may impact people negatively, mm-hmm. we feel like we're doing something wrong rather than just living our lives and making choices that work for us. We go, Ooh, it's I must have been doing something wrong if I'm my actions are causing other people or if people are hurt by my behavior.
0: Yeah. yeah. So what's the if you you know, if you grab a toy out of your little brother's hand and he starts crying, mm-hmm. right? What's the well, didn't you do something wrong and and cause him to start crying? What's the what's the distinction there? Yeah. Cuz what we're saying is I'm not responsible for him crying, for how he feels. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. I would say you are responsible for your actions. What you did was wrong. You took a toy. Right, and that was wrong. Right. But ultimately, how someone else feels is not, I mean, think about about it in the positive sense. You you can't make someone feel happy. Right. You can do things that may or may not lead to them feeling more happy, but you cannot directly make someone happy. Right. And similarly, you cannot directly make someone feel badly.
1: Right. Your behaviors that you may engage in could lead to someone feeling potentially, sad. yeah, right.
0: but, but but if you don't have control over something, you can't be responsible for it, right,
1: but you're only responsible for your behavior, yeah, yeah for what no. you do, yeah, and I think I think a lot of people get this um, fake guilt by kind of these these lessons that they're taught that like you are responsible for how other people feel, right, and it's a really common thing that we teach kids in kind of responsible households because we <laughs> want them to be conscientious, right, but the lesson that gets kind of pushed, I think sometimes inadvertently is you're responsible for how yeah. other how the people feel.
0: Well, and I think it it actually leads to behavior that I would say actually is wrong, which is basically, to be a little judgmental myself, she's stringing this guy along for three years. Mm. Right, basically, essentially lying to him. Yeah,
1: well, and, and not, stringing him, not stringing him along so much as like, I don't wanna hurt you, and I'm going to allow this to continue even though I'm unhappy so that I can avoid hurting you or feeling guilty.
0: Right. But she's playing judge and saying the pain of me breaking up with him Mm -hmm. is more like, that's more intense. He, he would rather not feel that than have three years to move on with his life and find someone else. (laughs) Right. Like that's a huge, like, frankly, it's kind of narcissistic.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, it's it's valuing her valuing her own
0: experience above his. Right. And I'm not saying again like she's not doing this intentionally. Sure, I'm not sure, saying sure. she's
1: narcissistic. But as a matter of means. fact, this is kind of what's happening.
0: And that we we had that discussion and she was like she had a major sort of insight there yeah. realizing that she was she was overextending her responsibility and really controlling him, taking responsibility for something that she is
1: trying to manage. Yeah, yeah. managing
0: him and which is not it, is not actually ethical to and make and not, that decision and for And really him.
1: kind of ingenu- and not genuine, right? That's not a very assertive or genuine behavior, right? Right. On his end, I'm sure at some point he'll kind of, I mean, I don't know what the status of this relationship is, but at some point to kind of, what if you realized, wow, three years you've been just kind of beside me because mm-hmm. you thought I'd be too upset to handle right. it.
0: Wow yeah yeah they're pretty intense so but I think that the key the, the reason these labels that I use like fake guilt and emotional substitution are important is because I think they they reinforce the idea that the way to think about this stuff is in terms of habits mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. she she wasn't doing this intentionally she yeah. learned this habit that was maybe helpful in one situation but turned out to be really unhelpful actually
1: for her and for yeah for, for everybody, everybody involved, involved, yeah. involved right yeah. Wow
0: um, so being really Ca- the lesson, I think, is to be careful of your your emotion. Like, first of all, your emotions. Like, okay, you imagine this thing and guilt. Well, are you going to stop there? Is guilt, is that the only emotion going on there? Right. That's always a really useful exercise. I always tell people, you know, 99% of the time, your emotional experience is it's a pie chart, not one thing. Right. There right. may be one big dominant emotion, but often there's all sorts of other smaller For ones sure. in there. And those can be really instructive. Like, when she learned actually sadness and helplessness are underneath this guilt. Mm -hmm. That was the beginning of her starting to realize what was really going on here.
1: Well, and then you can make progress in therapy or do therapeutic behaviors because now you're targeting the right thing. Right. Not the wrong, you know. Right. All this time she's been thinking guilt was the big issue. I mean, she came into your office saying, I need help with my guilt. I feel awful. And actually what you're going to end up doing, it sounds like, is we need to expose you to more sadness and Sadness and, and helplessness. Yeah, she needed to yeah. increase
0: her tolerance for sadness and, because what happened, and she did. She ended up breaking up with this guy, and it actually went pretty well. But that only happened because she she strengthened her her kind of tolerance for being able to handle sadness and helplessness, sure, and was less afraid of those, and yeah. was and then was able to make the the decision, the action that ended up being positive and, mm-hmm. and helpful for everyone.
1: Well, not only that, but having you kind of point out the subtleties and nuances of these emotions, now she's got a better script for the future to kind of look at what's going on with me. Yeah. And that's what yeah. she tells
0: me is literally all the time she hears the term fake guilt, uh-huh. which causes her to question, not to say, not to invalidate what she's feeling, but to just to get more curious. Yeah. Like, is that really what yeah, the only what thing going that? on yeah. here? Yeah. yeah. And um, why would
1: I feel that? Because I haven't done anything wrong. Like, oh, yeah, oh there's something those... else going on right, here. Yeah. yeah.
0: Um. Yeah. So that's why I think that the term it can be a little abrasive, I guess, but it, it's memorable and it's jarring in the right way, I think. Mm-hmm. Because it causes people to become a little more introspective about what's going on with them emotionally.
1: Yeah, well we, we tend to do this with a lot of emotions. I mean, um, look at how we, we react um, in anger a lot of the times. And usually it's sadness, mm-hmm. it's fear, right? hurt. Right. And, so and there, we, we substitute another emotion. There's more emotional substitution. Yeah, it's an easier, yep. uh, or it's a better experience to feel angry than it is to feel afraid.
0: Yeah, anger is kind of an upper in a lot yeah, of ways. Yeah, it's motivating. Right? It gives you, you power. Feel powerful. Yeah, yeah and, yep.
1: instead of just feeling scared.
0: And helps you avoid that feeling of being afraid or something. Right. Well,
1: we can switch it pretty quick. Mm-hmm. I mean, the greatest example of this, as I share with the clients all the time, is um, if you watch parents when their little two-year-old run it out in the street. You know, they oh, go scoop yeah. them up and they're terrified. The look in their eyes, like, oh my God. And then when yeah. they get to the sidewalk, they're furious and they're <laughs> just just yelling at the kid, doing, like, don't yeah. you ever, because they primarily were scared to death and yeah. they don't want to do that. So they externalize it to this little kid and start screaming. <laughs> right. And, and, and it's, there's no judgment there, but no, God It's, all it's, natural. it's awful all to feel fearful. And so, yeah, this but, emotional substitution is a legit concept. I like it.
0: And also the idea that, of like fakeness right that your your emotions <laughs> right. can be tricky. They can sort yeah. of play tricks on you. Yeah. It's not that your experience is not valid. Yeah. But you got to be careful. Like you know, but this things is, are not what they seem all the time.
1: And when you tell clients this, there's always this weird kind of look, but you can give them 100 examples of like times in their lives where their emotions change pretty dramatically quickly.
0: Super quick. And yep. they're
1: like, "Oh. <laughs> I was really mad, now I'm actually, you know, and it, yeah, I, I tell clients all the time, let's be really suspicious uh, and curious about our emotions mm-hmm. and our thoughts because can't really trust them all the time,
0: right? Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. You you want to you want to listen to them, but you don't want to just take them for granted.
1: They shouldn't. Yeah, I, I I tell clients, look, we've all got a formula in our head about making a decision. We just don't mm-hmm. want emotion to be the only thing on the, the left side of that. The, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The <laughs> equation. We need to factor it in, but right. there should be other variables or, in there.
0: Or if nothing else, like maybe it's not just the one emotion that you feel the most strongly. Maybe there are other mm-hmm. emotions mm-hmm. in there. That actually could be helpful right if you notice those
1: yeah if you're if you're good at these subtleties and nuances mm-hmm. yeah good point So anyway, I like it
0: there's my theory of fake guilt
1: love it I'm gonna adopt it <laughs> hey everyone Nick and I really appreciate you listening to the podcast please rate us on iTunes if you get a chance and if you have any feedback or comments for us that'd be great as well And if you have any questions or topics you'd like us to cover in the podcast, let us know in the comment section as well. Thanks.